Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's uh, first OKR podcast and now longest-running OKR podcast. I'm very, very pleased to have with us a very special guest today. As you all know, I'm Roger. I'm the founder and uh, chairman of Debbie Giants. And uh, today I have uh, Kyle Bird with us. Now, I was uh, really keen to talk to Kyle because he's been hands-on with OKRs for quite a while, actually having in particular using used them at Atlassian and in fact worked with clients, Atlassian's clients who've used them and also has been involved with uh, uh, how Atlassian have used them themselves. So um, yeah, I'm sure Kyle's going to have some really interesting experiences and insights to share with us. So uh, so welcome to Giant Talk, Kyle. Thanks, Roger. Yeah, uh, super excited to be here. Great, great, great. Uh, so tell us a bit about um, about you and uh, where you are, because obviously people can tell from your accent you're not where I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a bit about you, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now I'm based in uh, Austin, Texas. Um, I I started my career as a as a product designer, uh, just working on agile teams, um, and then I jumped at the chance to go and work for a startup here in Austin called Agilecraft. Um, so Agilecraft was, was focused at the time I joined in, in, a, in early 2016. Um, right. And we were focused on uh, just thinking about how kind of agility um, expands into the enterprise. And so, you know, not just kind of at this team level, but um, into the levels of the, the organization. Um, and so I moved out to Austin, Texas, started working um, with Agilecraft where I, I started to learn a ton about this space. Um, and, and specifically at the time, you know, if, if, if you remember back in, you know, back in those days, uh, Skedagile framework was really kind of on the rise and that was yeah. kind of very much so our focus. Um, yeah. and so, uh, and so I was at Agilecraft for, uh, about three and a half years before we were acquired, um, by Atlassian. Uh, and so we saw all, all kinds of things, uh, you know, different waves of, uh, kind of in the agile space and moving into OKRs. Um, at that time we got acquired by Atlassian. And so I spent the last three and a half years really focused on, um, outcome-driven organizations that you know we can we can talk a bit about, um, and then more recently, just a few months ago in September, um, I uh, I left Atlassian, where I was a senior product manager for for about three and a half years, kind of working on tools for OKRs among other things, um, to start focusing on uh, a bit more of a, a bit more of a general problem around outcome-driven organizations, which is uh, decision making, which I think is a, a a big piece within OKRs specifically, um, and and so yeah, so that that brings us to today. It's really interesting that your your sort of progression has come from uh, has has gone all the way through sort of agile into OKRs and now potentially you know by the sounds of your new venture perhaps beyond that. Um, do you think there's a common thread that runs through all that for you? One hundred percent. You know, I I think the the biggest thing that that we saw, especially when you know, and, and regardless, I know, I know some people when you kind of get back to the manifesto and and even if you kind of like dig into the skilled agile is that there's there's kind of components um, to this outcome driven mindset and this these kind of cycle times that you can get um, with learning. But I, I, I would argue I, I really didn't, you know, kind of see a lot of those common themes until I started working with organizations that were digging into OKRs um, and especially more kind of general is really how do they you know, drive different conversations around outcomes and kind of provide environments to, to pivot and persevere on investments and, and, and things like that. So I, I think kind of the, the common thread, especially working in, 
with outcome-driven organizations when we kind of start to get towards decision-making is I, I think we're kind of, you know, with, with a lot of organizations, there's really been this focus on kind of executional excellence and the cycle time of, 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 of delivery. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're kind of starting to get into, okay, well, what's the, what's the cycle time that we get after that? Once we get something into market and we've learned something or we were surprised by something, you know, what's, what's the, uh, you know, we we got from point A to point B from a delivery perspective, and what's that next piece? I, I think what we what we learned with OKRs is it, it, it does uh, it, it does a great job of kind of providing alignment and focus and understanding what what point B is and what the world looks like when we get there and the evidence that that we might see when we're when we're uh, when we're successful. Uh, but I think yeah. there's there's kind of a cycle time there right in between where we're learning and we're making decisions and and how that impacts uh, the, the conversations we're having around those goals. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, what I'm hearing is that you, you know, you saw a, uh, you had a real realization perhaps when you saw that, um, how OKRs were used in driving or helping to deliver, uh, against strategic decision making. But there's, I think, and, you know, I I completely agree with you. I think the, there, there are, there's a lot of agile, principles and practices that work really well when you know when when they're used with OKRs but I think for leadership there's a real challenge between creating some stability and some continuity but whilst at the same time still preserving the right to adapt and change sometimes isn't it absolutely um that's that's and that's the tough thing right especially um you see some of the challenges with with OKRs where there's this kind of balance between um, providing alignment and focus and communicating strategy, but not solutioning kind of too yeah. high, right? In the levels of the organization. And, and so you see that as like a super, super common problem. Um, and, and I think that's kind of an evolution. You know, a lot of it is, a lot of it's cultural, um, you know, 100% get that. Um, and and I think that's, that's always going to be a challenge as far as like, how do you, how do you really, we, we dealt with this a lot when, when we're working on, we come from the perspective of building tools for, for OKRs, right. And looking at what's the problem that we're really kind of trying to solve in those conversations. Um, and a lot of that was the relationship between, um, you know, the, the OKRs that we're, that we're trying to achieve and finding what success looks like, et cetera. And then we have the things that we're doing that we believe are going to get there, that we, that we believe are going to kind of move the needle on those OKRs. But what's really difficult is getting into a position where, um, you've defined those investments, defined those work. Awesome if if OKRs really kind of helped define that, and you're kind of looking through them as a lens for uh, you know how you do resourcing and 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 how you're looking at uh, 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 you know looking at your investment portfolio and the things that 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 you're focused mm-hmm. on. What's more difficult is, of course, now as that continues, is having that environment of okay, well, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us to kind of slide back into, you know, these projects just kind of continue to run on forever. It's much more difficult to then go and say, well, how do we start having actual kind of pivot persevere conversations around those things that we're investing in based on what we're seeing and kind of treating those things as, look, we're operating in a world of extreme uncertainty. How do we treat those things as really hypotheses that we're really going to move the needle? And how do we have those, those new conversations kind of in that intersection, I, I think is, is really difficult. And of course, difficult as, you know, you start to uh, as you kind of start to traverse the the levels, right? You go to different altitudes of the organization. Mm-hmm. Those are different mm-hmm. conversations that are that are happening. Obviously, it's it's a it's a bit easier when it comes to lower levels of the organization, where you might have much more sensitive metrics, and you're kind of having those conversations on a on a much kind of tighter cadence versus yeah, yeah. you know high level of the organization where um, it's it's you know it's it's really tough, and and especially even 
politically, right? All, all sorts of things are involved when it comes to potentially pivoting away from a specific investment, canceling it all together, right? It's, it's really tough to have the tools in place to be able to, to, to do it that. Is, it is, it is. And, you know, like when you introduce emotion into it, you can have right. something someone's had as their baby for a long time and all of a sudden they have to let go of it. Exactly. Anyway, that's a size. Because <laughs> I think it's a whole, it's a whole different rabbit hole we could get lost down there. Yeah. Just kind of coming back on to to um uh to, to to the conversation around OKRs. So I'm curious, when did you actually get hands-on with OKRs for the first time? Yeah. So um so my story here again, I started with really thinking about building products or solutions for OKRs, even before really, you know, myself and 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 my teams kind of started using it ourselves. So this is back when I was at at Agilecraft, we're working with a lot of organizations, mostly organizations that are kind of looking to implement um, things like Scout Agile Framework or Less or frameworks like that for for kind of enterprise agility, which I think is you know a bit unique. Um, uh, you know, so so from a from a hands on perspective, I, I kind of came across. OKRs in early 2018 because uh, I, I remember when when Measure What Matters kind of came out and yeah. I, I was like oh you know this is <laughs> this is what these customers are are talking about right uh, you know it, it goes from just kind of you know doing interviews and trying to really kind of figure out like what this thing is and and why they're trying to do it to you know it, it kind of paints a, a full picture. Um, I, I'd been interviewing you know, quite a few tech companies at the time uh, just because we we had a bunch of customers who were, uh, you know, big banks and, and insurance yeah. and, and telecoms and, and things like that, right? This is the whole kind of, uh, you know, digital transformation journey. Um, but, you know, we, I was talking to, a, to trying to talk to a bunch of just software uh, native customers and, and yeah. trying to kind of understand the things that, that they were doing, just a totally different um, journey as part of that. So I remember um, I was actually, and they're pretty uh, public about you know their their use of OKRs, but I remember interviewing you know folks at 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 Eventbrite and um, and Tableau and and uh, you know they were saying kind of their entire planning process you know was was really starting or at least in these pieces of the org were starting with OKRs, and yeah. so it wasn't just you know this wasn't just like a a like to have bolt on feature, but really you know the the entire process really hinged on you know defining. Uh, these these outcomes up front and really kind of tracking around you know progress towards towards those outcomes. Um, and so we at the time you know we, we supported goals and objectives and KPIs kind of in in the product and in Agilecraft at the time. Um, but it was you know different. Um, you know it wasn't kind of like truly at the center. Um, you know these OKRs were really kind of like the real definition of success. You know and they they told. They told a story and they actually drove the investment decisions as opposed to, you know, uh, you always saw kind of these strategic goals that, that just kind of ended up being like a label on a piece of work, yeah. right? It, it wasn't yeah. something that was really kind of driving the conversation. Um, and I, look, I'm sure there were, there's orgs out there, you know, that had really good goals and, and, and KPIs at, at this time and similar things. But, um, you know, I, I don't remember really coming across just a truly outcome driven conversation until mm-hmm. like OKRs were in the picture. Um, you know, so, so at that time I, I really just read everything I could. Uh, and we really started yeah. digging into like what an outcome driven organization looked like. I think over that time, we even, we tried to keep that very general. We tried to think about it as like, what are these outcome driven organizations that are not focused on, on time, on budget, right. Outputs. Um, and what are the conversations that they're having and the tools that they're, that they're using in order to have those conversations. Um, so at the time we were, we were really kind of a, you know, a, a scaled agile focused company. Um, and, uh, and so, and most of these orgs that I worked with, even though they were, they were kind of in this transformation, they, they really were very 
very project centric and, and output driven org. So, so I think it, for, in my mind, it was, it was a very clear moment in time, um, you know, where we saw something that, that felt different and, and saw yeah. new conversations happening in those orgs. I remember the first time I kind of encountered um, outcomes, if you will, or, or certainly goals being being uh, framed as outcomes, and that was back in um, program management, uh, mm-hmm. not projects, but program management. Um, and I, I uh, this was back in the uh, about fifteen years ago, I think it was. But I and it did. To be fair, it took me quite a quite a while to get my head around the difference between outcome and output, and and really kind of feel comfortable articulating, you know, uh, outcome over output. Um, And I I think, you know, that's why I have some sympathy with with people who, uh, and and teams as well, who who find this this, this shift in mindset quite quite challenging at times. And, you know, when you look at the, uh, for instance, the most widely used goal-setting acronym that there has been, I think, ever was SMART, wasn't it? And Mm -hmm. that, just doesn't touch upon outcomes at all, really. Right. Uh, it certainly doesn't. Well, it could do, but it doesn't. It doesn't encourage the uh, the user to in any in any particular way. And I just don't think we were conditioned to do it to, to think in terms of in terms of outcomes. You know, we're conditioned to be busy in organisations, aren't we? And to Absolutely. prove being busy. So you know, as long as we tick something off on our list, then that's fine. So. But um, as you saw, um, you know, you, you've been kind of working um, with or, or, or been uh, in, 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 uh, involved with OKRs, whether that be within Atlassian or whether, uh, you know, in, your, in, in the clients' organisations for quite a number of years. And I, I'm, I'm interested to hear whether you've seen their use evolve at all. Have, have you seen how organisations have used them change in that time? in any way? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, <laughs> I don't necessarily think, you know, all, all very, uh, all very positive. I, I do think to, to your point, which is, which is really, really interesting as far as we're really not kind of conditioned to, to operate in this way. Um, is that as, as OKRs have kind of evolved, that has a, a really major impact. And I think, I think there's kind of probably two things there, you know, one of which is that, obviously managerial styles have, have changed, right? You used to have a, a kind of single person that might understand, right. The entirety of, of the business or, you know, and, and of a pretty, you know, of a pretty large business as well, that you really kind of had this, uh, this level of the organization that was just, I mean, kind of producing outputs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we just, we're now in a world of, of really extreme uncertainty and operating in uncertainty. And we really haven't kind of been in that position um before. Uh, and so I, I I do think it's it's really tough to actually, you know, kind of unlearn a lot of 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 that conditioning. Um, you know, and that's why I think I don't necessarily think they've they've evolved necessarily well, mostly because as 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 OKRs has kind of grown and gotten into into more organizations, is it tends to as opposed to, you know, kind of starting with the problem and then go looking for, you know, something that can kind of help you know, match that problem. It tends to be the other way around as, as far as you, you tend to kind of get the halo effect, right? Another organization is, yeah. uh, is, is doing OKRs, you know, well, we, we should do that too, or else are we, are we missing out on something? Right? <laughs> um, and so, so, so I think what you said actually, you know, plays a, a big role in, in why, you know, that, that OKRs kind of tend to, 
uh, tend to, to start to you know, be manipulated to kind of fit the, the existing structures of the organizations, as opposed to kind of looking at it as something, well, we need to change what's something that we can kind of set up the scaffolding to, uh, to get us there. Uh, but really the, the, the first course of action is, is that we want to be more outcome driven as opposed to we're just going to go in and, and bolt on, uh, OKRs. And so I, I, I do think these things tend to, naturally dilute um into or, or transform into something that's a bit more kind of command and control um mm-hmm. and, it, and you know kind yeah. of starts to end up being you know kind of super religious and and losing focus on on kind of the reasons we're we're implementing these things to to begin with um and so i i do think if we kind of go back to you know it, it, interesting here what, what you think about kind of what these pieces are but i, I think if we think about like why you know they exist um, and especially kind of early on, there's a few things. There are a few things that I think they do incredibly well. And, and even in organizations today, um, and some of those things are like, for example, providing focus and alignment, um, you know, starting to communicate strategy kind of down through the the the, the levels yeah. uh, and not, not solutioning. Um, and then just kind of creating an environment where, you know, learning and pivoting are encouraged and, and not necessarily kind of the, you know, getting to the output. I think the first one, you know, today... I feel like the first one, when, when organizations kind of come in and implement OKRs, that kind of that providing focus and, and alignment and kind of a, a new way to, to communicate is 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 really evident. And I think as you kind of go down that stack, it's 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 much more difficult, right? Then you see um, in an organization as far as communicating strategies, you still do see solutioning and OKRs kind of become a facade of kind of cascading that down. Um, and then the last one, I, I really I really don't know if if we've um, I, I've seen, you know, kind of in, in, in small teams and, and, and groups, et cetera, but kind of really having those conversations where it's, it's not necessarily about achieving uh, the OKR as much as it is, you know, that is the, the guardrails for us to have these different conversations around, should we pivot against this thing um, or should we just stop this thing or what are we learning or what were we surprised by? And does that, does that change what we believe about this in general? Um, I, I think that's that's tough to get to. So, so I do think from from an evolution perspective, um, I, I do think naturally these things are are going to just kind of be used or, or manipulated as kind of a bolt on where some of the things that would initially have to change just haven't. Whether that's cultural or whether that's you know there's there's really still not uh, you know a lot of health on even kind of the agility or execution side. I, I think there's just a lot of pieces and. And so, um, but, but I think like as, as far as OKRs as a framework in general is, is, is as strong as ever. Um, I, I just think some things have changed as far as, you know, what we see when it's being implemented in organizations. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's some really interesting things, the uh, points that you touch on there. And, um, you know, in, in particular, the, the, the fact that you've got cyclical learning and, 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 and pivoting, you know, and that requires some, Rather courageous questions to be asked, doesn't right. it? Um, and as I said before, you know, if it's been your baby and you've been, you know, nursing it and nurturing it and growing it for however long, it can be really, really painful to let go of that and move on to something else. So there's a whole sort of emotional side which you know gets into the psychology of it all and so on. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's, there's, there's some, there's some really, I, I, it's interesting that you say, you know, you've seen some, some, uh, sort of examples of OKRs being sort of defaulting or, 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 um, going back to sort of command and control. I think there's, 
again, it comes back down to conditioning, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I, God, I'm getting, I feel like I'm going off on a, on a real tangent here, but I wonder if it's got something to do with education. Yeah. I wonder if there's, if there's a certain amount of conditioning that is, is, is kind of ingrained into us from our education that we have to kind of undo. Um, whereas, you know, which, which is, which is, has kind of predisposed us to kind of either seek to um, uh, uh, adopt a command and control um, position right. over and above any other form of of leadership or empowerment. But, you know, I was just talking to uh, a, a chief executive of a business just a couple of hours ago, and he, and he was saying that he was, you know, he was turning to OKRs because he was, wanting to build that alignment he realized now that just a refreshed vision mission and values and uh um, and strategic priorities and communicating those was not enough because he's kind of you know telling everybody mm-hmm. what they are and then just basically crossing his fingers and hoping that everybody has understood them and that can work out what their contribution should be uh and uh and that's a hell of a gamble that's a hell of a risk um, so yeah, it's all interesting. Um, what, uh, what have you seen in the way that, um, and this may be, you know, from, from your time at Atlassian or maybe even from before then, where organizations are using OKR, uh, and, um, they've been making a couple of mistakes. I mean, I think you've maybe mentioned one of them, which is that, you know, perhaps them kind of defaulting back to using them in a command and control style, but is that, is there any, and are there any other pitfalls which you've seen them, you know, come a, come a cropper on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you make a really good, you make a really good point there, um, which I think we need to be aware of with these things. I, I think from, from a, from a product perspective is, uh, you, you talk about conditioning, is I, I think from a product perspective, we tend to like think about things as like, oh, you know, these, we think everybody's kind of rational thinkers and that, oh, you know, these things will kind of come naturally or we're having these different conversations. But but you're right, there, there's a lot of conditioning around we we seek, uh, we seek certainty, we seek the right answer. So this is, I, I think a lot of this, not, not just kind of OKRs themselves, but, you know, the conversations that that surround them are, uh, you know, in, in, in an outcome focused conversations in an environment of extreme uncertainty is very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of the, the, the starting place, uh, for sure. Um, but as far as just some of kind of the, the common, I guess you could say, you know, pitfalls, uh, that, that, that we've seen. Um, I, I think one is, is just underestimating kind of the, the, the cultural side of, of things. Um, and so I, I know this is kind of the the common um, agility phrase for kind of the cultural aspect. Uh, and so I, I think um, if we if we kind of put it in an OKR framing, it's it's you know doing OKRs as opposed to being outcome focused kind of uh, yeah. sums it up. And, and so I, I think uh, you know is is just you know one click zoom out from OKRs to thinking about what it means to be um, outcome focused. You know before even really digging into that, I, I think this is when you know, then you end up kind of seeing, um, you're probably the symptom of that is really, you just end up seeing status reports just switch from just like projects and work to, it's really just a status report, you know, but it's, but it's OKRs. 
right? So you, you, you still get some of those, uh, you know, I, I think Barry O'Reilly talks about some of the, you know, the, the, the watermelons and things like that as you, you still get some of the same things. Uh, we're still essentially talking about outputs uh, or the, you know, the KRs are just facades for outputs or, or, or things like that. Um, which is really, you know, I, I, I believe it's, it's, it's probably the start of, of just not kind of having that one click out to really think about what it means to be outcome focused. I think one, um, I think is, is, is really incredibly powerful um, when you get there, even even just in pieces. But um, just you know, there, it's really really tough to kind of let go and kind of give that autonomy. Yeah, which is just really core to OKRs, um, and and that's way. I know that that's so hard to do, um, but you know, I, I do think it it really is the the essence when you know when when all kinds of you know thought leaders in the space et cetera kind of talk about those dangers of cascading OKRs. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we, we, t- we talked about this is, you know, ador- orgs go and adopt OKRs, but they really still kind of solution at the, you know, the, the higher levels of the organization. Um, and so that, you know, that bi-directional aspect, um, which is, you know, learning kind of flowing up just doesn't exist. Um, and, and if there's, if there really isn't anything that's kind of challenging the beliefs that really just shaped those higher level goals or, or initiatives, um, then you know we're we're really just kind of susceptible to just like escalation of commitment and 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 really just you know it it ends up kind of being that the the path is set for you right and and you know decisioning really isn't happening at you know the fringes of the organization um and i yeah. i think the so and just probably just one more i think i think not focusing enough on you know really kind of what i would consider and and this is just from the perspective of you know, looking at organizations, especially from the perspective of kind of adopting software that they think is going to kind of help them build <laughs> that scaffold. You know what I mean? And it's like you yeah, you said you, you understand that that's like the perspective, right? That's going into it, right? And that's and and I think there's an underlying there's there's trouble in that, right? That you kind of think that you know software is going to kind of bolt on and solve all your problems, um, yeah. et cetera. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely help there. Um, but, but I, I do think is that what ends up happening is, is you kind of, you might go, you know, bolt on some software and you really don't think about some of the first kind of milestones. Um, yeah, I've seen organizations really get a lot of value out of, um, which is like, for example, just, uh, you know, just focusing on, um, you know, the, the focus and alignment aspect of OKRs is incredibly powerful, right? You, you end up, it's like, no, nope, we're going full-fledged OKRs and we're going to kind of, you know, skip over like, you know, the, the win there, right? That, uh, you know, that, that, that people kind of, if you were to ask anybody in the organization or, or kind of within the scope of, of a, of a given OKR, you ask them the question as far as why are you doing this, that you can simply get that answer. Right yeah. is 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 incredibly you know powerful to to it start. Is. You're absolutely right. Um, You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I I get um, exasperated sometimes with the pushback uh, that some executive teams can can give on how much time they should be investing into you know setting up and defining OKRs. It's like yeah, but you know the alignment doesn't happen doesn't just happen when you you know when you start to to share what you've created the alignment starts in the conversations that you have around what you want to create right you start getting you know people start to make the connections as uh, and, and and form form ideas and 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 articulate outcomes as they're having those discussions if they're not part of those discussions then they're you know they're presented with a face of complete which is you know, someone else's version of what success looks like. And it, it's, uh, I think it can be, 
it, it can be quite frustrating that at times. I think the lack of time, the lack of commitment, which executive C-suite level sometimes put into this. Um, Absolutely. Even, even to the point of, you know, even just having different conversations for the first time, you know, and just being able to kind of sit and experience that yeah. right yeah. before, before getting into the the beautiful PowerPoint of what the entire rollout of, of OKRs is kind of going to look like, you know, throughout the organization before, you know, you've had that different conversation. Yeah, exactly. So Atlassian, Atlassian obviously, you know, had uh, um, uh, uh, OKRs uh, for themselves, I would expect, you know, being <laughs> one of the major software companies out there. Yep. Are you able to share with us a little bit about how Atlassian made use of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, what was interesting about Atlassian for, for me specifically was, you know, prior to uh, prior to Atlassian, before we got acquired, you know, we were a team of of you know fifty some odd people, um, and and so, you know, we internally it was, it was much different for for us um, than when it was the first time I was on the inside, I guess, of a of a larger organization, yeah. um, implementing OKRs uh, and and seeing it from a very different perspective than. You know, you can imagine uh, sitting in, in interviews and and talking to to various you know customers, prospects, or or just organizations we were researching um, around these things. Um, I think that is honestly where I I think the real you talk about it, but I think the real light bulb went off as far as how important um, culture is. I think I think Atlassian did a very good job when it came to OKRs because a lot of the culture just already existed. Right. And, you know, and I know this is kind of a, a leg up, but if you think about, we, we we would talk about companies all the time on kind of like these these levels of of these spectrums as far as even how open they are, or how they budgeted, or right, like all all of those things actually have a have a major impact on on how something like this is 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 going to happen. I think within Atlassian, Atlassian is a um, is a very open company. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it's a very collaborative company. Um, it's you 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 feel this. Even, even without OKRs, like you feel this this sense of 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 alignment and and purpose, and you can kind of you know you can kind of draw the the lines to uh, to impact. So I think I think Atlassian specifically, um, from a cultural perspective, was was really kind of already there. Um, and I think I wonder, what, I wonder if that's got something to do with the fact I would imagine that they would probably be heavy users of Agile beforehand. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think Elastin is a very is a very agile native um, kind of company. Um, is a very outcome a naturally outcome oriented kind of company. It's kind of it's it's funny talking about you know you see everybody kind of talking about product led growth now, right? Like Elastin is <laughs> the term wasn't used, but Elastin was a very product led growth. You know, naturally a a, a PLG native kind of company. Uh, so you, you kind of have all of these things already in place um, that kind of helps that the conversations are already being had. It's just that as the organization is growing, there kind of needs to be some structure in, you know, just just visibility and how everybody talks about those things the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. But those conversations were were already happening, I would assume beforehand. You know, last was was already using OKRs when, um, when we came on board. Um, I do think I do think two two things that were kind of pieces of that. One is that Atlassian is is very focused on just team health in general. So um, I think that was very interesting as far as having a bunch of these, you know, kind of internal um, internal playbooks around things as far as ways of working um, for uh, you know for for different cross functional groups 
And yeah. we were really dedicated on focusing on team health. That was much more general than, right. It, it was, it was how teams kind of operate together and how cross teams operate together and kind of the psychology behind those things and kind of creating these in, environments of psychological safety. And right. Like th- there was, there was really kind of a whole piece of the org that was, that was focused on that. Um, and then the, the second one was that internally, you know, they're from a, from kind of a, from kind of a program management perspective is that mm-hmm. that team, that team really how OKRs is kind of used across the organization. When I say kind of speak the same language, I think that's the core of it is that that team was really focused on what that looks like from group to group. So the groups themselves don't really kind of have to, you know, focus on, um, I don't know how, how things might be different kind of within smaller groups within the organization, but there's a layer of, of people that are, uh, you know, their, their main focus is really kind of getting the right people and the right information and, and having the right, uh, um, uh, the right cadences around certain ceremonies in order to kind of keep everything flowing and especially kind of on a rolling, uh, rolling planning basis. So, so I think that group specifically is there, there are real humans that, uh, you know, kind of on the program management side that do an incredible job of, of not only kind of structuring as far as really thinking, being very, very thoughtful about the best way that these frameworks and tools can work for Atlassian and being yeah. open to adapting those things, which I, I thought was, was really, was really profound, especially seeing it change and adapt, um, you know, over time. It's a visible investment in this, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, cause when we do, um, implementations, OKR implementations, we uh, always alongside the implementation train up some internal OKR coaches um, and right. they perform very or have very similar responsibilities to what you've just outlined there. They're the owners of the of the process and if there's a system, they'll own the mm-hmm. system as well. But, um, and it's about making sure that you know, think that 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 teams that are new to it get comfortable with it. Anybody in coming to it for the first time maybe has some training. You know, if teams are hitting a bit of a um, uh, a tricky patch, that they can kind of go in and you know support them through it and so on and so forth. So there's, yeah, it it, it is about you know process organizational processes don't just happen. Um, there has to be something somewhere that. And I, I'm not a big fan of this word because it, for me, just implies a bit of rigidity. But there has to be some governance around it. But that right. governance doesn't, I guess, doesn't have to be rigid. It can be flexible. It can be adaptable. Um, if that's how you, if that's how you approach it. But the most important thing, right, is the investment in it. And that's really good to hear that they were, they were, you know, demonstrably serious about it. What one hundred percent? A it was an intentional investment, right? Um, and and I and I think again, there's kind of a outcome driven approach to it. You naturally have a a culture that Atlassian has been intentional about building, um, you know, over the last twenty years, right? That that all of those things help. Um, and then kind of a, a yeah, a very explicit uh, investment, um, and especially with that team that's very thoughtful about you know processes at Atlassian as a whole. Okay, all right, really interesting. So I'm going to jump on to. My final question for you, Kyle, uh, and that is: with all your years under your belt of working with OKRs, and in particular, I suppose I'm thinking about the time that you spent working with the clients that Atlassian had that were using OKRs. 
Um, you've seen how large organizations have used them. So do you have a couple of hot takes to share with our listeners as to how okay, how large organizations could could get uh, the most out of OKRs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think with any of this, and, and especially working with all kinds of groups, again, from the perspective of, of, of kind of thinking about the role of of, of product and how, you know, software can, can help solve some of these problems, um, is that, you know, over time, I, I try to take the perspective of, um, not necessarily that there's kind of, this is right. And this is wrong. I think for me, it was always an interesting position to be in, you know, when, when you're on calls with, um, with customers and when we had some, you know, some, some incredible people internally with, within Atlassian and incredible, you know, um, uh, and incredible partners, right. That there's, there's all sorts of great minds, um, in this space that, that kind of help with this. But I, I, I always tried to, you always get the question, you know, it's like, Oh, what, what should we do? Right. So I was like, I don't know. So, uh, so my hot takes I think are, are from the perspective of, of, of trying to think about some of the, the kind of deep rooted problems that these orgs are trying to solve and, um, you know, and, and, and maybe not necessarily, you know, some of these things are, are kind of OKRs by the book. Um, but, but we'll see if I, if I get any hate mail, I think these are, these are, these are decently tame. Um, but, uh, so, you know, one is, is, and I think we, t- we, we touched on this a bit is that there is an incredible amount of value in just having different conversations and yeah. so, you know, I, I question, you know, whether is, is if, if we're able to focus on having those different conversations first, are we having different conversations Are people asking different questions? Does it feel different than, you know, what these kind of just output driven status meetings kind of looked like in the past? I think that's a really, a really big win. Um, and so I think we see a lot of, or at least I saw a lot of orgs and especially in a, in a product, right? Cause you kind of have the features, right? You can see them go for, for the features yeah. and so many kind of force measuring so fast. And I think a lot of times there, there's some maturity that, that happens as far as like, uh, what you measure and how you think about measuring and, and investing in, in, in measuring as well. And I, I, I think a lot of times that can kind of create tunnel vision. Um, you know, I, I think there's a, you know, there, there's, there's that quote that, you know, not everything that can be counted counts. Not everything that counts can be counted. Oh, <laughs> is, I love that. I it's, love that. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I think that's really interesting just because I think there's, there's really, if, if we think about kind of things that are valuable, we can get tunnel vision around the things that we're measuring without mm-hmm. being able to kind of break that and be surprised um, by something. This is kind of like, if you've seen the classic, there's a, there's a YouTube video. I think there's, there was actually a, a legitimate study that was done around this as well, where uh, two teams are passing around a basketball and, and a, uh, um, a, like a grizzly bear kind of comes across, uh, in the background. Um, and, and, and people are asked to kind of count the, the passes, how many passes is, you know, is, is, is this team making? And they yeah. don't even see this grizzly bear coming in the back, right? It's, it's, it's this tunnel vision to say that if we're, if we're really focused on a lot of times suspiciously round numbers that we're measuring, yeah. uh, is, is I, I, I think, uh, it can be hard to kind of break that. Um, and so this is why, you know, one of the things I found really interesting is, is even if, if there's, um, to kind of say, well, what, what can you do about that? And this is where I I don't think this is kind of really OKRs by, by the book, but I I think scorecards are really, really interesting. You know, if we, if we think about the scores that we're giving, 
if we just kind of tell stories around those scores, you know, where, you know, this is, this is what a five looks like, you know, this is, this is what a, a seven looks like, et cetera. And you kind of tell a story, um, you know, as, a, as opposed to measuring something, I, I, I honestly believe it's a, it's a really interesting start. Why? Because you're, you're having different conversations um, around it. So I, I know there's, there's different perspectives as far as saying, no, everything kind of has to be, um, everything has to be kind of measured. Um, I've, I've read, you know, the, the, the book for how to measure anything. I, I think there's some really, really interesting things in there to say like, no, you absolutely can measure, you know, anything and everything. Um, but it's, but it's, um, but it's difficult. Um, I think a, f- a few others, uh, is I, I, I think, and a big reason that I'm, I'm really interested in decision-making and the intersection of, of, of all of these things, you know, work and work and outcomes and strategy, et cetera, um, is I, I think a lot of these conversations should really focus on the cycle time of decisions and less on kind of the progress towards the goal. Um, you know, we, I think we, we underestimate systems and we, we tend to kind of see correlations where there aren't. Um, and so, you know, we, we're kind of just like, we're, we're doing things and are they impact, are, are they moving the needle? Right. I, I think we, we actually really do have a hard time uh, really drawing kind of true correlation. And especially if success is really achieving the goal, then mm. we're, we're going to err on the side of, oh yeah, you know, totally this is kind of having an impact when really it, it, it could be a, a, you know, a moot investment. Um, there's, there's a, uh, um, there's a great book, um, thinking in systems, um, Danella Meadows. And right. one of, one of kind of the concepts as part of that is that, is that we really underestimate like within systems is that when we're pulling levers is that, we we often have a completely you know, adverse effect on what we're trying to impact, and, and so I, I think a lot of these concepts get back to um, well, if we're if we're focused on the cycle time of things that we're going to learn or something we might be surprised on as far as making a decision to continue something or or pivot off of it, that's a that's a really interesting focus. If we think about the the goal itself as uh, you know we're we're kind of moving on this spectrum of, of time. And we need to understand if we're getting closer or further away from, uh, from, from the future of the outcome that we, that we want. Yeah. Um, I think we, we also need to think about just OKRs kind of as a framework to, to, to kind of quit things more so than a framework to achieve things. And and so it's kind of (laughs) along the same lines. So, you know, these are why these are, these are kind of, uh, these are kind of hot takes, uh, well, they did often say that strategy is more about what you say no to than what you actually do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think there, there's a lot of focus on kind of achieving the goals as opposed to, you know, saying, well, well, how does, when we talk about this OKR and we talk about the hypothesis that we have, we have this hypothesis, we believe uh, uh, if this is true, we're going to see this, this outcome as measured by, Right. If, if that's the framing, then that should really give us a, a, a pretty incredible framing for how we make decisions around the things that we're, that we're doing to achieve that. And, you know, as, as humans, we're pretty, we're pretty bad at, at two things, which is, um, you know, predicting what's going to, to happen and then abandoning things that, that are just clearly not providing the expected value that we thought. Um, and so, so I think if we, if, if we were better at both those things, that's, that's a really incredible strategic advantage. Right. And I, and I think OKRs are an incredibly powerful piece of, of that puzzle to drive that conversation um, because they tell us, you know, where we are and where we want to go with a definition of success and, you know, and, and what we'll see when we get there, we get close to it. Um, 
but you know, I, I think that the thing is with, with goals and, and Annie Duke, uh, she has a, a new book called quit that, that kind of actually specifically dives into, to, to this subject. Um, you know, she, she talks about, right. That the goal should come with a warning sign that says high chance for escalation of commitment. Um, and, and so I, so I think a lot of times we don't really put the mechanisms in place to, to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, absolutely fascinating. Um, uh, listening to what you have to say. Um, I think we need to, to round off in a minute, but I'll, if, if I may just, uh, just ask, you know, what's next for you, obviously you've moved on from Atlassian, you know, what are you able to share with us about, um, what you're doing next? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think, you know, my time, you know, at Agilecraft and Atlassian and working with large organizations and just kind of general ways of working and specifically being really interested in this transition for, you know, outcome-driven organizations and, and OKRs specifically is that um, I believe OKRs are are incredibly powerful. Um, I, you know, we, we, we saw these different conversations happening. Um, what I do think is, is kind of, you know, more recently to think about them as this among other things, it's kind of scaffolding for how we make decisions within organizations. Mm. You know, they, OKRs could drive investment decisions um, and decisions around, you know, whether we pivot or persevere on, on those investments kind of based on what we've learned and how that's kind of updated our predictions and updated our beliefs. Um, and so, yes, yeah, my, my, my kind of shameless plug is, is I'm really interested in, uh, you know, with, with, with the community, I, I do think when we think about some of these, these frameworks and tools and models, is I'm really interested in something that's a bit more community driven from kind of practitioners that are actually in organizations that yeah. can actually kind of test these things with teams. Um, and so right now, you know, I'm really focused on, there, there's a ton of research out there, some incredible tools and, and, and frameworks um, from thought leaders in this space. And so and we're focused on kind of aggregating and bringing a lot of those models and frameworks together and then having a community to go kind of put these pieces together into something that, uh, you know, can, can kind of be a launching point for, for organizations um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, so it's, it's called, uh, it, it's called the blueprint. Um, the, the URL is really, uh, decisions.community. Um, yeah. and what we're doing is building a community just to, to think about these things and how some of these, uh, you know, cognitive biases and, and, and these tools and models that have been developed, you know, through research can, can actually be implemented with, with teams. And how can, how can I sign up? Cause I'd love to be part of this. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to be as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the URLs it's it's decisions.community. Um, and so if you just if you just type that in, uh, you'll you'll see it come up. And uh, and yeah, it's called the uh, the blueprint. So right now uh, we'll be we'll be opening up kind of the community in general in in February. So we just have a an email sign up um, there right now. Um, and and for anybody, you know, I've I've been doing kind of a ton of interviews kind of on this subject, and so would would love to uh, would love to to chat with anybody. But if you sign up, you'll you'll see some some emails come out from me. <laughs> Okay. All right. No problem. Well, uh, for for listeners, the URL will be in the show notes along with uh, your um, a link to your LinkedIn as well. Um, Kyle, I, I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I hope I hope our listeners have enjoyed it uh, as much as I have. And uh, you know, a huge thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, you've had some really great experiences and insights along the way, and it's great to to, to hear you share those. Yeah, this was this was great, Roger. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, so, thank you everyone for tuning in, and uh, I shall be back in uh, the not too distant future with another episode of Giant Talk. So, uh, stay tuned and see you then. 